0: I got a text here from somebody who's also gluten free. I've been gluten free now for geez two and a half months or something like that. I noticed no difference You're whatsoever. Always talking about it. I noticed oh, no man. difference whatsoever is my point. And the whole it'll change your life. Uh, I don't think any of. I was talking to our um, my son's doctor, who's a Stanford PhD. You know, one of the fancy pantses in the world in this particular. Oh, he's his pants. Are he said, "Oh, well, you fancy. went gluten free." He said, "Cool, yeah." Our family did that for three months. We didn't know any difference, so we went back. <laughs> I thought, wow, <"Well>, glad <laughs> to hear that. Out of you know your crowd because your crowd is usually a, oh it's so
1: amazing everything is better colors are brighter music sounds better <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's interesting I wonder there, there are probably genetic differences <clears throat> between how you process gluten and wheat and that I, I believe some people uh, Ooh, of course have a, yeah effect, but yeah it's, everybody it's, doesn't need to do it in fact most people don't need to do it. Uh, it sounds like a man rationalizing his next hamburger bun to me <laughs> I want to talk about this uh, opinion piece in the USA Today, which is the Pearl Clutchinist load of crap I've heard in quite some time about the Big Ten coming back to play football. I'll give you the headline. We'll We'll get to it a little later. But the headline, Big Ten's decision to play football signals the darkest day in the conference's sports history. Yeah, boy. Was there some giant trove of pearls discovered that now everybody's clutching them around the world? Unbelievable.
0: Like the attorney general compared shutting down businesses to slavery.
1: (laughs) I tell you, you got to laugh to keep from getting crazy. Uh, But it is crazy. So uh, Tucker Carlson, uh, and he's a very smart guy. Sometimes I disagree with him. Sometimes I think he's over the top. Um, But he did a feature last night. It was quite long. Um. But it had to do with big tech and their desire to censor their platforms to avoid any misinformation about the COVID. And what a horrible job they're doing. Just utterly indefensible. Uh, We'll go ahead and and run you just a little excerpt, then we can talk about it ourselves, but uh, I definitely recommend you go to foxnews.com or whatever and watch the whole thing, but here's a little of Tucker. The truth is, and you know it if you've watched carefully, experts have been wrong frequently throughout this pandemic. At one point they told us not to wear masks, now they tell us we must, and so on. They have changed their prescriptions many times. Most of these are not bad people, most of them are trying their best, but they're human beings and therefore they're fallible, they make mistakes. The solution to this age old problem, and we used to understand this intuitively, is more informed voices in the conversation. That's how you make wise decisions, that's how you get to the truth. Diversity of view. Facebook doesn't believe this. They believe in censorship. Censorship does not make us wiser, it does not make us better informed. If it did, we'd be speaking Russian right now, the Soviet Union would run the world, it would have worked. One of the, uh, the main aspects of, of the feature he did was he pointed out several examples where, uh, for instance, Dr. Scott Atlas of the Hoover Institution, who we talk to semi-regularly, uh, he put out that, that video and transcript of an interview in which he was suggesting, listen, we need to weigh the costs of the lockdown in terms of health, uh, along with weighing the effects of COVID-19. They took down that video it was perfectly youtube did it was perfectly reasonable and and tucker's other main thesis was look at these examples where the conventional wisdom about covid-19 the, the lockdown medications uh, the therapies whatever in march the conventional thinking was x and anybody who suggested other than x was removed was shut down was censored and then when it evolved to y in June, the people who are saying why all along, now they got to post their videos. But then people saying, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, the latest studies say Z. Mark Zuckerberg shuts them down and kicks them out. Then in late August, it turns out Z was right. As our understanding is evolving in this thing, the idea that informed, responsible, dissenting voices should be shut down is obscene. And the actual written policy that these social media have, and, and they vary in the wording, but they are essentially, this is removed for running counter to the CDC and the WHO's uh, policies on the COVID-19. So if you dare challenge the, uh, and I'm not one of your alterna website conspiracy theory nut jobs. But these are responsible voices saying, listen, I think uh, I think we need to do more studies before we say that's definitively true. They're shutting people like that down. It's just it's it's really, really bad. And why is that happening? Well, I think it's partly because the the political left and the and big tech are just arm in arm. And the political left has, for whatever reason, taken very strong stances on the COVID. We've all seen that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the difference between blue states and cities and red states and cities and their policies are vast. Um, and so the, the, the tech giants want to be in lockstep with, you know, Nancy Pelosi and her crowd and Governor Whitmer of, of Michigan and, and that sort of person. Which brings us, if you want, to this editorial in the USA Today. I I was celebrating the fact that uh, my alma mater's conference, the formerly great University of Illinois, which is now fairly crappy in a lot of regards because of Illinois' incredible mismanagement of its own finances. Um, Oh, and that's one of the big sticking points in the uh, bailout package is that the crappy blue states, California, Illinois, New York, want giant federal money to bail out their unfunded pension liabilities oh boy, that have been run up over the course of years. They want the other states to bail them out preemptively uh, under the, uh, the, the guise of COVID policy. It's unbelievable. But anyway, um, the Big Ten reversed field. The, reverse! Reverse! And uh, and and declared, yeah, 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 we are going to play football. Yeah, we got the different uh, testing regimens. Yeah, yeah, that's it. We got the access to tests. Yeah, yeah, different policy. Yeah, not. We saw all the other colleges playing and realized we look like chicken ass,
0: and we're missing out on all this money.
1: Right? Yeah, that too. Um, so they came back, and um, oh, how sorry, many I'm weeks just...
0: was it? I mean, the college football season just started a couple of weeks ago, right? Ye- so they made the big announcement: week. we're not going to
1: play. Yeah, I think game one was Saturday, this past Saturday.
0: And then one week in, they say, uh, we are going to play.
1: Yeah, we looked at TV and saw everybody else was playing. So, uh, yeah, we got new tests or something. But have the players been practicing? Or yeah. The, 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 okay. My understanding is, yeah, yeah, everybody's staying in shape. They just can't have games. So, anyway, uh, tan- I'm Captain Tangent today, but it was, I was listening to Nakedly Progressive Radio. I don't know why. It's going to give me a stroke. But... Um, <laughs> They were talking to a couple of college journalists, a couple of seniors in college who are the editors-in-chief of their school papers. And listen, a 22-year-old in terms of life experience, no matter how intelligent they are, kids, and so I cut them slack, I'm not going to hammer the kids. Um, They were talking about COVID on their campuses having come back to school and and, and also, they're covering it in the school paper and getting transparency from the administration, stuff like that, uh, which is good. It's good, solid journalism, and I congratulate them uh, for, at their tender ages, being pretty rigorous about that sort of thing. But they, the, the youngsters and the NPR doofus, would constantly refer to outbreaks and hot spots and the number of kids infected and the scandal and how they thought the kids would self-believe them that... They never even asked the question, much less answered it. Is anybody seriously ill? Is anybody hospitalized? Has anybody had any significant negative effects at all from COVID-19? If you're a young, healthy, it's, like it's not even like getting a cold. You get a cold, you feel like S for 10 days. These kids get COVID and they're mostly unaware of it, but nobody even points that out why that gets back the, that that question answers jack's question about why are the media platforms just going so uh, sky is falling mm-hmm. and 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 silencing anybody who wants to uh, ask a devil's advocate question which brings us to the uh, opinion piece finally about the big ten i just want to read some of it to you because um it's just so, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm fixated. Jack used the term pearl-clutching earlier, and it's just so perfect. But for decades, the Big Ten, oh, this uh, art- article, I want to indict the correct person, and that would be one Christine Brennan. Uh, for decades, the Big Ten has thought of itself as a different kind of sports conference, one that proudly touts the academic achievements and Great Lakes values of its like-minded, highly regarded, internationally ranked research institutions, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> As proof, one only had to look at the conference's prudent August decision to shut down fall sports in the midst of of the global pandemic. It was only natural that the Big Ten would follow the Ivy League and that the Pac-12 would follow the Big Ten. It was a tough decision, heartbreaking and costly, but it was the right one. Concern about science, medicine, safety, etc., etc. Then came Wednesday, the darkest day in Big Ten sports history. Bum-bum-bum! The day the vaunted conference caved, it choked, it got scared, it became the SEC. Just as the Big Ten was looking smarter by the day as COVID-19 outbreaks popped up in Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Maryland, and again, nobody really getting sick. uh, Announcing postponements and soaring cases, the league's presidents reversed themselves and steered their schools and their football programs right into the teeth. Of what are predicted to be some of the worst days of the pandemic in October and November.
0: All right. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm tired of the the worst days are just around the corner. Talk that I've been listening to for six months.
1: I watched a video last night. It was sent to us by one of our brilliant listeners at armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us anytime. That's fine. If it's something we ought to be talking about. Uh, it was long, but it was wonderful. It was if you were born in the year 1900. And... When you turned eighteen, World War One began. Twenty-two million dead, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, when you turned, um, and I'm missing one of them, but if you turned, when you turned twenty-nine, the global depression started with uh, unemployment at X, Y, Z. Then the global pandemic, ah, the flu pandemic in 1918, which killed t- how many millions? Sixty million, hundred million 100 million of a lot worldwide. Of people. Yeah, and then uh, when you turned uh, uh, thirty-five, the Nazis. Took over Germany and began their sweep across Europe. When you turned forty, World War One or Two began, et cetera, et cetera. Then the Korean War, then the rest of it, and you know, with all due respect to the the awfulness of COVID nineteen, the deaths, we're acting like we're the only generation in history that's ever suffered. That that our lives are so incredibly precious, we can shut down the world and and not even go to the trouble of figuring out okay how can we keep as many people safe particularly the vulnerable as many as possible and continue running the world we don't we're not even allowed to ask that question on facebook or or youtube or they'll take down the video
0: no earning or learning Right,
1: wow. oh, that's brilliant. That is good. Why did I just think of that? That's it. Good. That's your own. Seems like Jack has had an original thought. And that's it. <laughs> I only say that because you always say you never have, which I find hurtful because I think you have. Well, thanks. no earning, no learning. Oh, that's great. That's the best thing you've ever said. Oh, boy. I know the mic is attached to a stand, but unscrew it and drop it. September seventeenth, twenty twenty. I'll go home Ladies for the day, and gentlemen. Um, your kids are gonna look up to. Do uh, you like the hero you are?
0: Um, the CDC director said masks are better than a vaccine. Maybe we should talk about that at some point. Yeah, I think he's lost his mind. Um, he lost his mustache. <laughs> I've seen from the picture. Yeah. Um, uh, he looks goal. like a
1: who from Whoville, like I said. <laughs> we got a text Sing about Wahoo Dora. I love that song.
0: We got a text to uh, you and Sean. Watch that uh, Social Dilemma Netflix documentary. Yeah. Uh, we got a text about that. That's pretty good, among other things on the way.
1: Armstrong and Getty. The
0: Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah. Let me tell you why. I'm a pretty good player, but certain things make me great. For example, one time I was playing against the New York Knicks, and I'm at the free throw line, and I see this girl walking down the aisle. I'm like, she looks like, oh, my God, it is Halle Berry. I
1: call a timeout, and I go to the bench. I say, Holly Berry's at the game. Anybody shoot besides me and punching you in your face? <laughs> Holly Berry's here to watch me play the game get it to
0: <laughs> me. It was one of my best games I ever had. Every time I got the ball, I would look to make sure Holly was looking at me, and I just destroyed Patrick Ewing. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's hilarious. So that's that's Shaq explaining why he wouldn't have played as well in the bubble. Yeah, it would have been tougher for him because I'm a good player,
2: but certain things make me great, like when Halle Berry's in the stands to watch me play.
1: Wow.
0: Nobody's shooting but me. Halle Berry's here to watch me play.
2: I like how he burned a timeout to tell his team that.
0: <laughs> oh, that's beautiful.
1: <laughs> that is funny. Uh one other that that reminds me of the the great story of Joe Montana and I believe this to be true cuz I heard D- Dwight Clark himself uh, tell the story that it was during the Super Bowl right he was leading a comeback I believe so yes and uh he's in the huddle and he he says to his team hey look that's John Candy in the stands the great canadian comedian D- meanwhile you know fans are are grinding their teeth down flat with stress and right. anger and the rest of it right Took a little pressure out of the room. Yeah, exactly. That. Yeah, that's
2: yeah. that's brilliant.
0: Another sports note: a video out of Mike Tyson nearly takes trainer's head off and jaw dropping video. Mike Tyson is training for his big comeback, where he's going to fight somebody. Fighting Roy Jones Jr. How old is he? Uh, Are they both about 50? similar. Yeah, they're both uh, okay. they're both in the senior that division. Finally,
2: <laughs> old guys beating each other. That could
0: be a perfectly entertaining fight. I'll probably watch.
2: That, that is a just ripped out of the pages of drunken discussions. Okay. One one person in their prime versus another, but who's the greatest of all time, yeah. right? Like,
1: yeah. Both of those people in their primes were just unbelievable I, to watch. I, I say they're leaning against each other, exhausted at the end of the first round.
0: Discussing their 401ks <laughs> in each other's ears.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, 51 to 54 years, Mike okay. Tyson is the elder.
0: We got this text. Josh from Utah here. My wife and I watched Social Dilemma last night on Netflix, and Wow thanks we knew it was bad but not that bad everyone needs to watch it especially those with kids
1: yeah that's your recommendation yeah some of the greatest minds in the world have designed algorithms to addict you to something not just those with kids watch it with your kids and and discuss what you're seeing or or, or watch it with other people's kids if you can lure them into your home <laughs> oh, i don't geez. you know just watch it this turned dark <laughs> watch, yes watch it weird
2: that's where they're good
0: um, uh, yeah, I told my wife we need to watch that and, and be on uh, on board with it. I'm looking up at the TV. Attorney General under fire. Barr suggests sedition charges for protesters. That's a, your uh, typical left-leaning bias in that Is I he actually under fire? I guarantee you at least half of the country, if not more, says, yeah, you really should charge those people with whatever you can charge them with to keep them from smashing stuff up and setting fires and whatnot.
1: Is Mika Brzezinski being upset being under fire? <laughs>
0: Uh, We can tell you more about that later if you don't know the story. There's there's a chance they're going to start charging these Antifa types with the various federal crimes to get them off the street.
1: Yes. Finally. Why? Because they're plotting actively and openly the violent overthrow of the United States government? That's one of the reasons, yes. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, finally, the makers of Mountain Dew announced yesterday that they have developed a cocktail for seafood chain Red Lobster called the Dew So remember, that's not a
0: margarita, that's a Dew you're hosing out of the back of your Uber. No. <laughs> gross. Um, So what are about 45 days from the election roughly something like that and uh, interesting article the New York Times today about Democrats across the country worried that Joe Biden's a little too low key events are a little small and a little soft and a little quiet and uh, hey we're getting to to ramp up the enthusiasm here a little bit. A lot of your swing states where the polls have tightened according to the New York Times and you know they don't usually uh, traffic in this sort of talk. Right. In fact, they probably are trafficking this sort of trafficking in this sort of talk because they agree and they're wanting to send the message. Yeah, when are you going to start to get a little jazzier here? Yeah. They show a meeting in Michigan, which he's, you know, meeting with uh, auto workers. Well, it's him in a backyard with like four other people 20 feet apart. I mean, it's not exactly the enthusiasm of a big Trump rally. Right. right. And they're
1: saying, you know, we're, we're, we're a little worried that you're not quite, you know. Uh, I made a passing reference to that. Uh, about an hour ago and and i'm glad you brought that up because and and long time listeners of the show know that i joe am um uh, i have i have some s- significant problems with trump I, he's he, i just he's so close to being so great, but he keeps screwing it up in my opinion um but I have, so uh, i am not a full on trump honk when I say this having observed the country. Uh, through the eyes of the media, through your emails. Uh, I was at the San Diego uh, boat flotilla for, for Trump slash America. Uh, I became aware of Laredo, Texas, had thousands of cars in a Trump parade. As a fairly neutral observer, I will tell you pro Trump energy is exploding. It's electric, it's coast to coast, except for the blue cities, obviously. But it is, people are vibrating with energy. People are barely even paying attention to the fact that Joe Biden is running. They just don't like Trump. And if it were, if there were no mainstream media, if we were just observing the world through our own eyes and ears, I think you, me, and everybody would think Trump is going to win big.
0: Yeah, the uh, conclusion, really, of the New York Times article is, does hating Trump get you across the finish line or does Joe Biden need to come up with something to cheer for? That's basically their question. And, uh, I guess we'll see, you know, Ron Paul, Rand's dad used to get very enthusiastic crowds, but there just weren't enough of them. Sometimes you can just, you just need to got to have the bulk, right? But
1: absolutely um, true.
0: This is what I really wanted to get to. And you'll be surprised to hear me see the say this, but, uh,
1: I think I can back it up with this, uh, piece in the New York times. Hey, one more quick note and then I'll, I'll give way to you. But, um, Polls have tightened up in virtually all of the swing states. And the Washington Post even said, Wisconsin, the gap is now insignificant with a 4.5% margin of sampling error. Please, it's it's more or less tied.
0: I agree with Dan Coates in the New York Times today that this is the most important election of our lives. A phrase I have mocked and will continue to mock. But I would agree with him and not for the reasons you normally think. Every election, and you can go back at least a century. I've seen the... The placards before TV and radio. This is the most important election of our lives. And you look back on them, and it's really quite silly when you look back on them that anybody was saying that. And uh, I think we'll feel the same way here. Um, You know, not that elections don't matter. Not that, you know, choosing one direction or another doesn't matter. But, you know, we we, we have the opportunity for some uh, course correction within, you know, 24 months. So it's it's not, you know, pick a direction and we go for 20 years. Right. Um, That's one of the reasons why I think that's always overblown. But... What Dan Coates, former DNI director, uh, who's wanting to put together a bipartisan panel to oversee the election, he says it's the most important election of our lives because it could invalidate the entire experiment if we do it so badly. I'll read what he wrote today and I agree with him. We often hear that the November election is the most consequential in our, in our lifetime, but the importance of the election is not which candidate or party wins, Voters also face the question of whether the American democratic experiment, one of the boldest political innovations in human history, will survive. Our democracy's enemies, foreign and domestic, want us to concede in advance that our voting systems are faulty or fraudulent, that sinister conspiracies have distorted the political will of the people, that our public discourse has been perverted by the news media and social networks riddled with prejudice, lies, and ill will. That judicial institutions, law enforcement, and even national security have been twisted, misused, and misdirected to create anx- anxiety and conflict, not justice and social peace. If those are the results of this tumultuous election year, we are lost. No matter which candidate wins, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Wow! If wow. we if we come out of this at the end, it's a close election, and there's rioting in the streets, and the media, you know, makes no effort to be fair at all. Uh, And just tries to, you know, continue to drive a wedge and claim the other side is stealing it, no matter which side it is, and whether they're stealing it or not. Um, Yeah, that's why it's the most important election in our lifetime. Could we could end the idea that anybody takes elections seriously?
1: That would be that could actually happen. Well, that's why we have to have a bipartisan heavyweight panel or or something coming up with policies and and, and ways to deal with an uncertain election, and these people will make a joint statement at every step of the way, and the fringe voices will not control the national conversation because Putin and Chairman Xi are th- are at the root of a lot of those extreme voices, and they're trying to tear us apart and trying to make us hate each other. But
0: Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump both saying if the other side wins, they stole it, which is which is the message it's they're putting good. out there is not good. No, I'll read more from Dan Coates' column in the New York Times today. Again, he's trying to put together some Republican senators and some Democrat senators, some people that we would trust that are going to take a look at this starting election night and oversee it so that we can at least believe there's some bipartisan buy-in and making it fair. No American, and certainly no American leader, should want such an outcome. Total destruction and sowing salt in the earth of America's democracy is a catastrophe, well beyond simple defeat, and a poison for generations. An electoral victory on these terms would be no victory at all. The judgment of history, reflecting on the death of enlightened democracy, would be harsh. He's taking this pretty seriously. I'd say... And I don't think he's, uh, I don't think it's hyperbole. I mean, I think he's right. Yeah. Yeah. We are, like I keep saying, and I didn't come up with this. David French came up with it in the dispatch. It's the Titanic iceberg dead ahead. We all see it coming. It is, this is where we're headed. It's almost certainly going to be the case.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That Trump's going to be in the lead on election night, and then the lead is going to slip away as they count the ballots. Whether he wins or not, I don't know. But then both sides are going to claim it was rigged, and it's just rioting in the streets. It's going to be insane.
1: I think the bipartisan panel ought to get to work quickly, and maybe the first thing they do is point out, in virtually every election, on average, about 20%, 25% of mail-in ballots are discarded because they're messed up, because they're not the way they ought to be. Get that word out now so that when somebody says, 20% of the ballots in Wisconsin were rejected. Americans say, yeah, we know. That happens every election. And people know 20% and take to the street and start burning and looting because they think that's outrageous.
0: What was it, the 30 congressmen that didn't show up to Trump's inauguration because of the Russia thing, which was a bunch of crap? Right. How many people won't show up to whoever's election this time around if, you know, we go the direction it looks like we're going on claiming it was stolen one way or the other.
1: Well, and the final... Which po- it actually could be stolen. That's a possibility also. The final potential nail in our coffin is that we have billions and billions of dollars at stake in big tech and media pitting us against each other, making us angry and afraid. Because when if you're angry and afraid, you'll click on a story if the story is this election's pretty well run and uh and we think we have a solid result nobody's going to click on that it's not exciting enough and so we have some of the allegedly brightest people of our generation deliberately trying to make us angry for their profit so i uh, just you know american beware oh, oh speaking of which uh, can uh, can hanson talk to us executive producer hanson and the other uh, uh, do we have that, that tape I asked you the, uh, to get together with um, it's time for rioting and looting and all that stuff? Oh, we don't have that yet. I came across this collection of newscasters, essentially cheerleading, and politicians, actually, cheerleading violence. Awesome. Uh, I want to play that for you. Cool. It shocks the conscience.
0: Well, that's what we're talking about here. That's popular like Hill. That's the direction we're going. There's Dan Rather. I feel like hell.
1: Yeah, buddy. (laughs) That's the direction we're headed, man. I was just, um, I think one of my favorite thinkers was advocating this, um, the same thing. We need to get a bipartisan panel together now and get them busy. Yeah. Or, or, Or Putin wins. And that's, you know, I was talking about things that bother me about the president one of them is sometimes he reinforces the narratives of outside influences that want to tear us apart as a country. The election's going to be stolen, whatever. There are other ways to say we need to make absolutely sure it's not. Well,
0: Nancy's done the same thing.
1: And Nancy, yeah, but uh, you know, I'd like my side to be better.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wish they both could get together and say, look... We're in agreement here. I'm Nancy Pelosi. I'm Donald Trump. And they do a PSA that runs. We are all in agreement. We're going to make sure this election is fair and may the best person win, blah, blah, blah. But
1: yeah. I suppose I, that's fantasy land to have anything like that happen. The fact that that is fantasy land is incredibly troubling.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. It makes you want to poop on her driveway, doesn't
1: it? Well, again, <laughs> uh, that was you. I <clears throat> I blame like the, media. the old
0: joke of, uh, you know, the difference between toilet paper and a shower curtain. So you're the guy.
1: (laughs) That's disgusting. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: It was the water bottle. They figured it out. Old Navalny, the guy that was running against Putin. Somehow they got poison into his water bottle in his hotel room. Oh. As soon as he got sick, he was already at the airport. As soon as he showed signs of being sick, his team immediately went to the hotel room with rubber gloves on and masks and started putting everything They knew he'd been poisoned. They obviously had known that this was like a real... Likelihood. Oh, yeah. So they Absolutely. went through everything he had touched that day. Wow. Immediately. How would you like to live your life knowing, oh, I'm going to get poisoned at some point? It's just yeah. a matter of you guys figuring out what it was. Yeah. Uh, the, the, wow. the wa- somehow Putin got a water bottle into his hotel room with poison in it.
1: Well, I'm sure when That's he wild. left That's... his hotel room, even for a moment, they just swept in. And uh, I've talked to American diplomats and uh, federal agents who say, if you are in Russia, you are being bugged surveilled and they are searching your room every time you leave it we are trained to know that
0: that's so interesting to think about when i was there that that somebody was you know paying attention to me
1: mm-hmm.
2: hmm. that's nice that somebody
1: would do that and yeah. you know, it's flattering really
2: it's nice to be thought of
1: yeah it's like my uh, brother who's an officer in the military um uh, spending time in china a couple of years ago uh, under constant surveillance um but that's the way they roll So uh, we were talking about this last segment. The election is critically important, not so much for the outcome, although obviously that's very important. But if it tears us apart as a country and the extreme voices win the day, I think we're screwed. This was uh, recently put together. You're going to recognize a bunch of voices, I bet, um, of newscasters from the usual suspects. Uh, Also, uh, let's see. Um, Nancy Pelosi's on there, Donnie Deutsch, uh, Joe Biden, Madonna, Johnny Depp, Maxine Waters, among others. Um, let's uh, let it roll. I think you'll get the point.
2: I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. and Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be
1: unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful.
0: Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When
1: they go low, we kick
0: How do you
2: resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck?
1: The biggest terror threat in this country
0: is... White men, most of them radicalized right, up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. Mm-hmm. He would have been a hero.
1: I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face.
0: When was the last time an actor assassinated a president?
1: They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. And that's a fact
2: look as his character is stabbed to death where is john wilkes booth when you need him that goes on
1: for two and a half minutes by the way
0: who is saying the really over the top stuff the uh, uh bullet stuff uh um i'm not
1: sure actually
0: uh, i mean i recognize a lot of those voices in politics and media but yeah our uh our rhetoric is uh, pretty hot right now
1: yeah it's tough to break through if you don't go way over the top, which is not a defense of it, but, you know, you get these desperate, amoral news outlets and politicians who they don't they don't care if it's bad for the country. You, you, the one thing maybe you start by reading Mark Leibovich's book, um, This Town, you don't understand how cynical these people are about this great country, this incredible gift to humanity. They don't give a crap. You can't be cynical enough about Washington, D.C.
0: Boy, that is that is ugly. So, you know, the conclusion to Dan Coates' piece in the New York Times today, and he's put trying to put together this bipartisan commission to oversee the election, he would call upon the election campaigns of both parties to commit in advance to respect the findings of the commission. That's a good idea.
1: Yeah, I like, I like that the idea of that. If it's put together well, I think both absolutely should.
0: Both presidential candidates should be called upon to make such personal commitments of their own. And then his final paragraph. If we fail to take every conceivable effort to ensure the integrity of our election, the winners will not be Donald Trump or Joe Biden, Republicans or Democrats. The only winners will be Vladimir Putin, Xi Jinping and Ali Khamenei. No one who supports a healthy democracy could want that. Right. It's obviously true. But, God, you listen to that thing you just played. We're, we're, we're going the other direction. Mm-hmm. And all these years where we wondered ourselves why one senator will say, well, I think the good man from Michigan uh, needs to reassess the facts as they don't seem to line up with what he has just uh, said here before the body. Right. Instead of saying, he's a liar. Right. He's a liar. He's a a traitor to his country and he should be hung. People should (laughs) take to the streets
1: and then protests don't have to be peaceful.
0: It always seemed so flowery and ridiculous. That's because once you cross the line... Into just calling names—that's just all it is.
1: Well, right, because you can no longer get attention with the gentleman from Michigan should reassess his opinion. You cannot; it's very difficult to go back to that, unless something absolutely horrific happens and everybody wakes up. Oh boy! But with social media these days, I'm not sure everybody will. So, anyway, don't mean to be pitching too much doom, but I think no. there's real risk to the republic unless we get our acts together and and start communicating. Uh, oddly enough, I think Joe Biden would be a great Democrat to have. On that committee, for instance, if yeah, he were not yeah. running for president ill-advisedly, um, uh, he's the sort of guy to put him on there.
0: Mm, watch me. Maybe somebody a little younger, a little more yeah, with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's
0: Harding the is the winner. No, <laughs> no. Joe.
1: Joe, Mr. That, Vice President, sir. That was 1920. Warren, I mean, it's just, I mean I, 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 anyway. Warren Harding uh, is not running?
0: What's the long and short of this story, Sean? Dentist who pulled tooth on hoverboard gets 12 years.
2: Uh well oh. that that's part you know of it. The story. There, there seem to be other uh, I believe there are 47 charges but towards the end of the the paragraph there there uh, particularly the hoverboard video where he uh, a patient was sedated he pulled the tooth out while on the hoverboard and then the video shows him rolling away with his arms raised in triumph. But was the- And then he he then sent that video around to some of his friends declaring it a new standard of care.
0: But the guy who got his tooth pulled on the hoverboard, he was a willing participant or was he just out there on his hoverboard? and somebody I think he was knocked out. Yeah, he was knocked
1: out. He had no idea the hoverboard was involved. Oh, okay. Gotcha. He thought the dentist was standing on his feet as is the standard practice and not showing off for friends on a wobbly hoverboard. that That's the, that's the
2: exciting wow. clickbaity yeah. charge, but okay, the, most gotcha. of the charges involve like over sedating and in an effort to overcharge to get more profit. Okay, so he was a like crook that. too. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, speaking of a wow. YouTube clip bait, Jack, deep inside the Nancy Pelosi driveway pooper.
2: <laughs> Again, her driveway was mostly poop-free. It's a good
1: point. It's a good point. We'll have live team coverage of that. The man has been arrested.
2: Okay. And
0: charged with? Pooping? In San Francisco? I know. Are you kidding? I know.
1: Armstrong and Getty.